Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to a very delayed episode of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. But of course it's delayed. That's what you're used to. If you are a subscriber to this, I do apologize. Uh, basically, the week got away from me. I, all the notes I've got here were written on the um, uh, the 20th of July. That's not true. Because I was going to do it on Wednesday. Was the 20th Wednesday? I don't know. Point is, I wrote all my notes out and then I never got around to doing it. Because I got called away, and then I was going to do it on the Friday, and then I went to a WCPW show to help out with that. So yeah. But I was like, look, the key this week is just to make sure we get one in before Battleground. And Battleground's this evening. So I've managed to do that. That's the main thing. We will be back on Wednesday. Uh, you know, I think as long as we smashing one out, you know, one a week, I think that's the main thing. But thank you very much for downloading me. Uh, if you, you know, if you just randomly download this, please make sure you do subscribe and go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Remember, that's how we, uh, you know, we grow and get better. And don't forget that on next week's podcast, actually, next week's podcast may be a little delayed because the one and only, the legend, the myth, the hero of men, Jim Sterling, is coming on to talk about Battleground because I can't, I think he's only just got back into wrestling. I know he dips in and out. It seems like he's, he's just made the jump back in. But I wanted to talk to him about the Punjabi prison match. So I don't think he was aware of it until he obviously WWE busted out again. And then he went to watch the uh, the other two matches with it. I think he was like, oh, <laughs> what is this? So I said, Jim, you got to come on. We'll talk about it. It'd be great because I'd love to get, you know, that kind of uh, reaction and opinion from someone who's kind of learning how weird that, that match is. So I'll work around Jim. You know, Jim's a very, very busy man. Very, very successful too. So, uh, you know, it should be Wednesday, but either way, keep an eye out for it next week. Now, we've got loads to talk about before we do get into our battleground predictions and talk about Raw and SmackDown, which I know is ages ago now, but we'll still touch upon it. Because there are three big things we haven't talked about on this podcast. And they're going to feel like old hat now, but that's on me. But hopefully they're still big enough talking points that you're interested the first, uh, Brock Lesnar to UFC and potentially not extending his WWE contract was the, uh, that's what really got me interested. Interested is the wrong word. I'm always interested in wrestling, but I was really fascinated by that. Because although I don't, I don't want Brock to leave WWE. I know a lot of people are bored of his shtick, but he still feels special. And I think when he's motivated and put in a good feud, there's nobody else like Brock Lesnar. I still think he's the best, uh, he sells better than anybody in the company when he's, when he feels like he should. And I think that's why, um, uh, what do you call it? I think that's why he, 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 I can't think of the right word. But I think that's why he's so good. You just have to motivate him. And, and when he sells for you in the way, you know, because I don't want him saying like that for everyone. That's my point. If he sold like that for everybody, it wouldn't feel special. And to be honest, he shouldn't sell like that for everyone because he's Brock Lesnar. He does have a legitimate background. And to, I, I think maybe that's the problem with wrestling in general, at the moment, is not enough people are willing to go, I'm not doing that. Because back in the Attitude Era, and I'm sure at other times too, Austin would say, well, Austin, I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold wouldn't do that. And The Rock, I know for a fact, there's loads of stories out there of The Rock saying that's not what The Rock the Rock would do. And while it sounds arrogant and egotistical, I'm sure it is to a certain degree, it does help with your character, and it does make sure that you you protect the aura and the atmosphere and the persona you've built up. So, you know, Brock Lesnar saying, I'm not going to, 
you know, react that way to whoever is great. So when, you know, you see Samoa Joe laying it in and Brock Lesnar seems against the ropes, you're like, oh, geez. And that's why I like, I don't mind that he's part-time. Maybe shouldn't be the champion. But I'm happy for Brock Lesnar to be a part-timer for, for years to come. I do enjoy him. However, I always want him see, to see him go back to the UFC. I love watching Brock Lesnar fight in the UFC. I know last time he was on all the drugs, and that kind of did taint it a little bit. But the way I've always seen drugs in sport is I just assume most people are anyway. He, he got busted. He got fined. Oh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to worry about the uh, the reputation or the credibility of a sport too much just because I mean you should do I'm not saying I, I'm saying there are definitely people out there that should do that but I got you know got my own problems to worry about I just enjoy it for the spectacle spectacle that it is hence why I'm excited about Mayweather McGregor too I know it's a freak show I know it shouldn't be happening I know it undermines the point of what a commission is entirely but I don't, I don't have to worry about that stuff. I'm not worried about the credibility of boxing. I'm not worried about the credibility of the UFC. And I'm not worried about the credibility of pro wrestling either. That could be bad. Maybe I should. But the way I've always seen it is there's enough people worrying about that stuff that I don't need to. However, I would like to see Brock Lesnar have a couple more UFC fights. Hopefully, he doesn't do any drugs this time. Because that, that's just no fun. It's unfair if nothing else. I do want a sporting contest. Otherwise, it may as well be pro wrestling. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the names going around are, are Stipe Biotic. Didn't say that right. I told me Otic, which is it's an interesting fight for UFC fans. But the only problem I have with that is it doesn't really bleed out into the casual market. And I think if you're going to use Brock Lesnar, the more casual fan you can make it, the better because it's going to draw. And what I'd really love to see is John Jones versus Brock Lesnar. If you're not an MMA fan and right now you're like, why is he talking about MMA? Cause Brock Lesnar, John Jones, despite all his issues, which we won't get into here, but is an incredible mixed martial artist, like genuinely a one skilled. And I'm not saying I'm the authority on UFC. I'm, I'm definitely not. I would say I'm a step up from whatever a casual fan is, but I'm certainly not a hardcore fan. There's lots of people out there that know far more about me. However, it doesn't take five minutes to realize how talented John Jones is. And I, I don't know how big he could get. I don't know what the, the most he's ever weighed in at for a fight is. But you'd imagine that Lesnar outweighed him probably, you know, conservatively 20, 30 pounds. But even then, I don't know if Brock Lesnar can beat John Jones. John Jones is skilled. He's a skilled fighter, excuse me. But that's why it would be so great. You would kind of get that freak show vibe. And I'm always about freak show vibes. As long as, you know, when they did Shamrock, uh, who are the guys at Shamrock fight? Was it Kimbo that you fought? I can't remember. Anyway, when they did that fight in Bellator, it was a bit like, I don't think these are well meant. As long, as long as everybody's well and healthy, that's fine. I don't want anybody getting hurt. But it'll be interesting. I mean, the headlines are that he's put himself back in the USADA testing pool, which is their drug testing in UFC, although a lot of people have refuted that too. He's still got a suspension to serve, so he probably won't be able to fight till 2018. He's probably not going to fight January to April just because he still is under contract till March, April next year. So WWE aren't going to sign off during Mania season. So maybe his contract does run down in April 2018 and he goes back to fighting for a couple of years or a year and a half. And then he's done. He's just turned 40. You can't say he hasn't been incredibly successful. He can just go off. To, you know what Brock Lesnar's like? He just wants to be on the farm. Maybe he thinks he just wants to make two big paydays and then and then that will be that. So anyway, I thought that was very interesting when it came out. It did get me excited. It obviously followed on from the news that Talking Smack had been cancelled, which I know a lot of people were upset about. And I was upset about it too. Like I did enjoy Talking Smack. However, I was part of the problem. Did I ever watch it on the network? No, I didn't. I watched it on social media where people would share the clips. Now, occasionally, um, if I was on a Friday night or whatever and I was sat in and, you know, I just put the network on, then I'd usually catch up. I maybe watched one in four and I loved the show. 
So that, anyway, if a lot of people had the same mentality as me, then, you know, like me, you were the problem. <laughs> we should have tuned in to watch it. But we're still getting it after pay-per-views. And to be honest, if WWE did that with more of their programming, that would probably be better. We always say WWE overdoes it. And I guess this is a show that you actually wanted them to do. But still, I actually, if they started, you know, more is more. Uh, less, uh, more isn't more. Less is more. So now, hopefully, Talking Smack once a month will all tune in because we don't get it as much, it will do even better ratings, and hopefully they can then, you know, maybe expand the show or come up with new elements for the show, keep it evolving, and it will actually come something you can look forward to. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that would be good. I actually think it could help Talking Smack going forward, but it is a shame. I think the real issue, and uh, if you want more information about this or more of my thoughts, you can head on over to What Culture Wrestling and watch my Why Talking Smack Was Cancelled video. But yeah, the real issue is that the whole realism, don't need a script, shooting from the hip kind of vibe doesn't make its way to SmackDown and Raw more often. I mean, that's why we're sad it was cancelled. We enjoyed wrestlers allowing to be themselves. And that's something we don't get on Raw or SmackDown. So that's the real problem. We wouldn't, I don't think anyone would care if Talking Smack had been cancelled if we were getting more of that on TV, on real TV, but we're not. So that's something I'd rather WWE addressed. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But, I, you know, that, that's what I think is the issue. We're just sad that it's gone away. Whereas what should be happening is I think Raw and SmackDown should be becoming more reality-based and uh, more legit or authentic or whatever you want to call it. But we'll see what happens. It, it did suck. And obviously the other big news was Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan. The big reveal of Kurt Angle's text message saga was that he does have a, a secret child and it was Jason Jordan. It's the most soap opera thing ever. It's the most soap opera thing they've done in a while. I can't think off the top of my head when the last one they did would be. I mean, the problem with it is, in, in, in 2017, in the world of social media, Kurt Angle has already proven time and time again that obviously Jason Jordan isn't his actual son. Now, we don't need to be told that. We're well aware it's a storyline. But an example I've used elsewhere is we also knew that Kane and Undertaker weren't brothers, but it was never actively thrown in our face. So it's, it's so much easier to take a step back and go, well... I just pretend it's real, and it's not like in my day-to-day -day life I'm going to stumble across information saying it's not unless you go looking for, for such things. In 2017, it's everywhere already. So it's a very difficult storyline to kind of buy into, which I think is why long-term Jason Jordan probably needs to turn out not to be his actual son. Otherwise, I think the stigma of it is just going to hold him back. And it's a little bit cliched and a little bit stupid, and I'm sure there'll be loads of holes we could pick in it. But I think ultimately I'd like it to kind of culminate with Jason Jordan and Triple H being in cahoots somehow. You know, maybe Triple H said, look, I want to get back at Kurt Angle for whatever reason, took Stephanie McMahon's job, whatever you want to say. You know, we'll come up with this elaborate scheme. I'll put all these things in place so it looks like you're his son. You can, you know, you get a push. What are you doing at the moment? Nothing on SmackDown. So this will be your rise to glory. And we can use the, the star power of Kurt Angle and then I can get my revenge for whatever reason. And then Jason Jordan goes here, he's aligned with Triple H, which, you know, it's never a bad thing to be aligned with someone with that kind of credibility or history in the business. Ah, So we'll see what happens. I think ultimately it's where it goes as opposed to the big reveal. And the big reveal on Raw was a little bit flat, but I'm hoping that's the case because this is just the start of it. So this is just one of the seeds they planted. So now we know, okay, this is what the text messages were. We still need to find out who was sending the text messages and, you know, there's loads of little things. So I'm hoping down the line we can look back at the whole thing and go, okay, it did have... Uh, at least, uh, you know, this isn't just the, oh, we stop now, onwards we go. But we'll see what happens. I, I mean, I, I don't mind the soap opera stuff. I think it's quite fun and it makes me laugh. But, yeah, this one, you, you can't suspend your disbelief. It's just not true. <laughs> That's the thing. If you think it is, 
you're living the dream. You know, but, mm, yeah, anyway, that's what I think. Right, before we get into the Battleground predictions, a bit of pimping, as, as all podcasts do. Like I say, please do go review us on iTunes, five stars, leave a little note below. It's just how iTunes algorithm works. When it feels engagement, it's like, oh, we better pimp this podcast because people are doing stuff. I'm on Twitter at Simonler316 if you've got any questions. Uh, if you feel like you'd like to support this podcast financially and get some extra wrestling podcasts too, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Simonler316. And if everyone, you know, like I say, we do we do this, well, this is kind of part of my remit now. So the more, this, you know, even if everyone pledged a dollar, it just means I can keep doing this and I'm not going to get down the line and go, yeah, I need to, I need to go get a real job. <laughs> and if you do enjoy uh, my voice on a podcast, please keep out for the week in gaming on Mondays. So that'll be tomorrow as you're listening to this one and every Monday. That's when we break down everything that's happened in the last seven days in games. And also next week, finally, we launch the Ask Me Anything podcast when you can ask me anything and I'll answer it. And I do that with my man, Tom Ransom. We recorded the first one the other day, just waiting for a few bits and pieces to come through. All I'll say is it's not PG. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that. And if you want to have my name on a t-shirt, you can go to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Simon Miller forward slash shop. And there's a few T-shirts up there in fonts that you may recognize. We're breaking all kind of license laws. There's a Metallica one, a Super Mario one, and uh, what's the other one? Oh, the Flex Assist, the greatest one ever. And there is a WWE one, but WWE uh, sent me a cease and desist. So, uh, yeah, if you want that one, you've got to get in touch with me directly. So you can get that at Simonler316. Just send me a message and, uh, and, we'll, go. and we'll go from there. Right. Pred prediction time. This ties into the Facebook group. Go to the Facebook group right now. Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Look out for Mitch's post. He's the one that's controlling the Simon Miller Pro Wrestling Podcast Prediction League. And that's a mouthful. Get yourself involved. Uh, Mitch has handled all the rules. Uh, I don't know how long he's running it for, but when he'll let me know. When we get to the end of what he deems to be a run or a season, I'll decide what the winner gets for a prize. I'm in there too. I'm shit. So... <laughs> so even if you don't feel like you're winning, you can have a mini competition, which is beat me. Not something to be too proud about because I am terrible. But yeah, head on over to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, thank you to everyone who said there'd be mods. We've got a couple of mods in there now. To Some people are getting a bit out of control. But please do join up to the Prediction League. And I'm sure if it gets too big, we can get some help for Mitch as well to, to handle that. Unless he feels like he can do it by himself. I don't want to under-talk the man, but I do appreciate him setting that up. But everyone get involved. I think we've got two more before it starts again. And it would be awesome when we start again and we hit reset. If we've got loads of people in there, we can start coming up with ways to gimmick it and making it a bit more novel. So, yeah. Go do that. So, here, let, let, let's get into this right now. So, I'm taking it seriously. And we'll work backwards. So, we'll start with the main event, which is Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. What they did on SmackDown, I thought, was a little weak, you know, just rocking out the Punjabi prison and be like, oh, here it is. I'm like, yeah, great. And it does look impressive, but I've said this before. Of course, it looks impressive. That's the whole point of it. doesn't mean it's a good match. When you hear the rules about you've got 60 seconds before the doors close to, and you've got a client, I don't know. Ugh, what? I'm, I'm just not a big fan of the match. I'm just not. And I do think, I, I, I think it's ridiculous that it's only being brought out because Jinder Mahal has Indian heritage. It's not a racist thing to say, and it's not. I don't think WWE are racist for doing it. There's no racist things here, but it would just be like, you know, Wade Barrett still being in the WWE, and them going, "Well, you're going to have a fish and chip match, or Sheamus is going to have a, a Guinness match, or I don't know, uh, Kevin Owens is going to have a what do they do in Canada? Be a really nice guy match, <laughs> no guns match." But 
I, that that to me is just, and I get it. Of course they're doing that. Look at the gimmick in itself. You're Indian, therefore, or Indian heritage, it's Canadian. But you have Indian heritage, therefore, you're going to play off that. That's WWE, I get it. But when they think, oh, now it's a Punjabi prison, it's like, ugh, I don't know. Just have a cage match. Cage is fine. I don't think Randy Orton is winning this match. My only worry is, I think it's no DQ, right? So there is no, no, Jinder Mahal wins. It's not going to be clean. Something's going to happen. Like Randy Orton will be protected, but I don't think there's any way that Randy wins but doesn't win the belt because I don't think you have DQ or count outs, can you? Of course you can't. It's a cage match. I mean, it's not like ratings are suffering either. SmackDown ratings went up this week. They're up over the last two weeks. So it's not like anyone feels... I don't know how it's working in India, but it's not like Jinder Mahal has really affected things. We had that blip a few weeks ago, but now it's balanced out. So, um, so yeah. Jinder Mahal wins. I imagine Jinder Mahal will be champion until SummerSlam at the uh, a minimum. The late, uh, you know, uh, yeah, and then he'll lose it. Man, that was gibberish. He could even go all the way to WrestleMania. I don't think he will just because he's just not. He's just not a champion, is he? I like him, and I'm glad they've given him the opportunity. But he doesn't feel like a main event guy. Uh, maybe Survivor Series, but maybe he loses it at SummerSlam to Cena or something. But yeah, Jinder Mahal wins that. Should be the end of the feud. I think Randy Orton's taking some time off to do a movie, unless he's already done that. After that, I don't. I mean, I guess if uh, if Cena wins the flag match, then you can literally go into Cinder versus Cena versus Jinder because that makes sense, right? You're doing a flag match. He grabs the American flag. He's the he's the super patriot guy, and then he goes on to take the guy who's who's running the country down. That's like a nice plot for Cena, which ties us into Rusev versus Cena. And yes, I think Cena will win. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that because you. I've got this slight feeling in my stomach that says. The whole reason you do a flag match is that you can protect Cena and he doesn't have to get a pin. Like Rusev just has to grab the, the Bulgarian flag and that's it. However, because I do think they're going to segue into Cena versus Jinder, just because who else is there to go against Jinder? And I do think Cena will have one more run with the title at least. It makes sense that you have a patriotic match with Cena wins and then you set up the, you know, the anti-American versus the super-American. And it sucks that Rusev's going to lose, because ever since he's come back to SmackDown, he's been great. As ever, he can talk, he's funny, he's hilarious. He lays his stuff in, as Stone Cold Steve Austin would say. He's got great instincts. And him coming back just to lose. But again, you can flip what I've just said, and if all it takes is Cena grabbing the American flag, we don't see Rusev get pinned, we don't see him, you know, get DQ'd. I in a way, I'd like Randy and Rusev to... A spin-off out of this as long as Rusev wins that feud because I think Rusev getting a win over Randy Orton would be fantastic however if Randy Orton isn't coming out the other side of the Jinder Mahal feud as the winner I don't think they're going to job him out twice so that would suck anyway Jinder wins that one Cena comes out and in the Rusev match hopefully they protect Rusev as much as possible and this is the start of the new push that leads us into the Usos versus the New Day now the issue I have here is I don't think it's time to give the belts to the New Day because I don't think the feud is done. However, you can still give the titles to them and you still get one more match out of the Usos. So, but it, and, you know, the, the, it can't really do another a stupid finish because that's what they did at the last pay-per-view where the Usos just went, nah, mate. To the, I actually think this is one of the hardest ones to call. I think they're going to have a good match. I think the Usos right now at the top of their game. The New Day, while I do feel like they could be reset or, or moved elsewhere... God, this, this, I think this is a really difficult one to call. I'm taking it serious now because I want to do well for the Prediction League. What happens? What happens? What happens? I'm going to say the New... No, I'm going to say the Usos. Cause I think most people say the New Day, so I've got to, I've got to be tactical here. I, th I really do think it could go either way. I think this could be one that 
Yeah. It could even be changed like an hour before the show or something. But I'm going to go the Usos. The Usos retain. Although saying that means I've got two retains there because Jinder's retaining his title too. And Styles isn't going to lose either. I don't have to change the titles. I'm going to go the Usos. I've said it now. And then you've got the women's stuff. Charlotte versus Becky versus Natalia versus Tamina versus Lana. Why Lana gets in a number one contender match for, the, for Naomi's title at SummerSlam, I have no idea. She lost three times. And there may have been some controversial ones for the first two, but there wasn't the third one. She lasted about 45 seconds. I mean, ideally on paper, you want Charlotte versus Naomi. But then you'd have to turn Charlotte Hill to do that. But I think that's the match that you want. This year, they want to make SummerSlam feel like WrestleMania 2. And if that's your goal, I don't mean WrestleMania 2 as in the one from 1986, whenever it was. I mean, you know, it feels so big, it's like another WrestleMania. You do Charlotte versus Naomi. That's the match you want. You're not going to do Tamina versus Naomi. You've done Lana Naomi. Not particularly excited about Natalia Naomi. It would be a good match. Becky Naomi is just, you can't have that. You can't have super baby face versus super baby face. And I don't think if you turn Naomi or Becky that the crowd would buy it anyway. So to me, you put Charlotte in that match and you turn her heel again. Charlotte, to me, has the most star power of anybody in the women's division, both on Raw and SmackDown. She just feels like a big deal. She's got the flair gene, man. She knows, she's no, she knows what she's doing. So I'm kind of voting with my heart here. And I think Charlotte will win. But the problem with I mean, it's an elimination match, which means you have to get rid of everybody. So you can get rid of Lana easily enough. Tamina probably can get, you know, double team because she's like the Nia Jax of SmackDown. And then you've got, you know, Charlotte, Becky, and the I don't know, are they all in the ring at once? Or is it a tag? It's not a tag thing, is it? This, this one could be a bit crazy. We're going to go with Charlotte just because I think that's the right thing to do. And I think it's the, the biggest marquee match you can put on at SummerSlam, which is important. I do kind of like there's no, there's no women's title match on here. Hopefully Naomi will be at ringside watching or on commentary or something. I don't think you need to have the title defended on every pay-per-view. I think it makes it feel more special. But we'll go with Charlotte. Hopefully she has, you know, we've got a, long, we've got a good few weeks before SummerSlam. So you could set up a heel turn if you wanted. But that's what I'd like. Heel Charlotte because I think she's much better as a heel as she is a face versus, versus Naomi. So we'll go with that. And then there's Nakamura versus Corbin. Now the good thing here is that Baron Corbin is the money in the bank holder. And as we've seen time and time again with the WWE, if you're the money in the bank holder, you can lose. Because the way they see it is, well, it doesn't matter that he lost. He's the money in the bank holder. Therefore, his strength is, his strength is still there. And that's good because it's not the time for Nakamura to lose. And hopefully, Styles beats Kevin Owens. Not that I want him to, but that can then lead into a SummerSlam match between Nakamura and Styles. And that can mean Nakamura versus Styles won. Then did the next one at the Rumble. Then did the final one at WrestleMania. Perfect. But Nakamura cannot lose to Baron Corbin. He just can't. It's not right. It's not the right time. Nakamura at the moment does not feel like the star that he, he should feel like. So he hasn't lost. You know, that's, that's the key. I don't care what happens on house shows. Irrelevant. On, on TV, or on pay-per-views, Nakamura cannot lose. And he shouldn't lose for a long time. And hopefully, once he does get into a match with someone like AJ Styles, where he feels like he should turn it on, that's when you get that click. And that's when you get the magic happens. But it does mean he has to beat Baron Corbin. Now, you can then start arguing, well, that means he should then have another match with him for the briefcase. But WWE has had that match happen so many times and the person hasn't you know, gone after the briefcase. You can just use it as a momentum thing. Nakamura beat Corbin. Now he wants to go after AJ Styles' US title. And that's the tease we had on SmackDown as well, right? When he said, ring, ring, I'm coming for your title or whatever the hell it was. So, <laughs> so um, I mean, I'm just, there's two matches in one there. What they're going to do with Owens, I don't know because they seem to have uh, collapsed the face of America thing after they realized they've got three of them. And that would have been Jinder Mahal, 
uh, Rusev and Owens essentially doing the same gimmick. So it be interesting to see what happens with Owens coming out the back. But I think Nakamura beats Corbin. Styles beats Owens, and then those two winners can go head-to-head. You can play off their New Japan feud. We've already seen teasers on SmackDown over the last few weeks. I think that sets up very nicely going forward. Again, if you're doing AJ Styles versus Nakamura at SummerSlam, it doesn't really matter what else you do. Because all the, the smart fans and the asshole fans like me and you will just want to see that match, and we'll be happy with whatever we get around it. And I do think it will make uh, SummerSlam feel like a big show if you're trying to hit that, you know, hardcore gonna go to, to, gonna go to the show to make it feel special special fans and we also have Sami Zayn versus Mike Kanellis meh it's not really working out the Kanellis thing I mean it's fine what happened on Smackdown Kanellis beat Zayn right so I guess Zayn beats Kanellis they just feel like two people that are completely lost in the shuffle WWE doesn't really believe in them which is especially a big shame with Sami Zayn because he is so talented I go either way I go Sami Zayn because why not it doesn't really matter. Is Canellis even a heel? And I know he's meant to be. He doesn't really feel like one. It's kind of a weird gimmick. We'll see what happens. But it's fine. It's not bad. But yeah, I'll go Sami Zayn. Just because why not? So that's it. That's my Battleground predictions. They're in now. They're locked. There's nothing I can do to get uh, to go back on it. So we'll see what happens. Go over Raw briefly. We mentioned the Cat Angle Jason Jordan stuff. The Braun return in the Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns match was good. Well, it was great, because Braun is great. I'm up for seeing a four-way at SummerSlam, to be honest. If we get Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar versus Samojo versus Roman Reigns, you know, with all the UFC rumors, you'd assume that Brock Lesnar is going to lose. I still don't think it's the time to have him be pinned, because don't forget he hasn't been pinned since he's, you know, for years now. So you want to do that in a one-on-one match to get the most out of it, so he can still lose his title, go away, do whatever he needs to do. And then you get the Universal title back on Raw week in, week out, which probably would help at this stage, because it will feel fresh. Question is, who do you give it to? Do you give it to Reigns? You give it to Joe? Maybe have him, you know, he can have a mini run with it until Reigns. I mean, Reigns is going to get it eventually. There's no point pretending otherwise because he just is. But uh, when he gets it is the question. Do you coronate him in a four-way at SummerSlam? Is that special enough? Do you give Braun a mini run? Thing is, if you don't give it to Roman Reigns, you are setting up storylines for Roman Reigns to get it. So, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, whatever. In a dream world, I'd have Joe win and then you can have... I guess if, I'd do this. I'd have Joe win, then he can go into program with Reigns. I don't know what you do with Strowman in the meantime, but you can figure that out. Roman Reigns eventually beats him, and then Strowman can be a contender, or you can go the other way with that, because that is all built in, especially as Roman Reigns has never beaten Samoa Joe, so you've got that story ready ready to be told. But I'm really enjoying the, the main event stuff on Raw. I think all of them feel like stars. They've done a great job with Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe, really elevated them this year, which is what we needed. I'm all right with Roman Reigns, as I've said a few times. I don't think he's the, the face of the company, but I think he's an incredibly talented guy, and I always enjoy his matches. And I always look forward to seeing him. So he's doing something right. So, yeah, everybody, and it's Brock Lesnar, as we've already talked about. So nothing to worry about there whatsoever. It was the first week where I thought the big cast and Enzo Amore, Enzo Amore stuff kind of lost its way. It wasn't so great, just because it kind of fell into a pattern where Enzo comes out, cuts a massive promo. It's a good promo, but it's too long. And then Cass, you know, retaliates. We had the stuff with the Big Show. They'll be going into a match at SummerSlam. Big Cass versus uh, the Big Show. As long as, as long as it's a one and done and Big Cass wins, I think that's the main thing. I don't want to see Big Cass lose at the moment. I do think he's getting better week in, week out. I do think his promos are improving. But I don't think you want to cut his legs uh, from, in, from underneath him at the moment. So I'm hoping that this can be a big run. I don't know where he goes long term. I don't know where he's... But maybe you do have to eke the Big Show feud out for a few more weeks just to 
you know, so you don't actually run out of stuff to do. But yeah, this was the kind of the because Enzo got his ass kicked. So it's like Enzo again. You're doing the Bray Wyatt thing of running your mouth and. It doesn't even mean anything, which Bray Wyatt did again with Finn Balor. No idea what he was talking about. Everything with Finn Balor at the moment is weird. He beat the Drifter last week on Raw, and then this week, oh, well, fine. Just have another match with him. They smashed him with that guitar shot that went wrong. I don't know what they were thinking about there. Whole thing was just strange. And I don't mind a holdover feud for Finn Balor. I don't mind him feuding with the Drifter, but he beat him last week, so why did we have it again? I really don't like the... I mean, I like the idea of Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt in a feud, but again, the execution doesn't work. Because it's, it's, it's just apparently you're only allowed to do one thing with Bray Wyatt, and as he turns up on the screen, he'll talk some mumbo-jumbo about you for a while, then he'll vanish. How am I meant to buy into that? What is exciting about that? It doesn't make any sense to me. At this, case, at this stage, I would change so much about Bray. I'd change his entrance music, not necessarily his gimmick, but I'd do a way to freshen it up. I would team it with Bo Dallas. I turn Bo Dallas into some weird heel guy. I mean, they're brothers, right? So you can push that feud. So it would make it feel different, like a new Wyatt family. And what do you do at SummerSlam? Is Bray Wyatt going to beat Finn Balor? That shouldn't happen. I thought they were setting up Finn Balor to become, you know, super dude. So we'll see what happens there. It just sucks that I didn't like Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. Who was Bray Wyatt with before that? I didn't like that either. And I don't like Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor. That's not saying I'm not going to enjoy the match. I'm just saying the programming and the story around it is always the same. And it always falls flat. And that sucks. Got two really talented guys. And I don't care. That's not good. That's Anyway, I know a lot of people get mad that I rag on Bray Wyatt. But I just want more. I want them to sit back and I want them to think about it. I, don't, I just don't want people to go, well, he can talk. You know, we can give him all this material and he'll make it sound good. I want them to think, yeah, but what's he actually saying? And where are we going with this? And what's the future? And, you know, how can we make people care? And is he actually ever going to win? <laughs> I know that wins and losses don't matter in pro wrestling anymore, but losing all the time definitely does. Then you become a jobber. And it's really hard for, for me to start believing in the stuff you're saying. I know it's all bullshit at the end of the day, but I'm going to suspend my disbelief. And a guy keeps talking a lot of smack but doesn't do anything. Then in, within that suspension of disbelief, I'm going to go, right. You talk a lot of bollocks. I'll remember that going forward. Mentioning uh, the Seth Rollins, though, I do enjoy all the Shield teasers. Now, I don't think we need a Shield reunion anytime soon. And no one else seems to be talking about this, so maybe I've gone off my rocker. But to me, this should be... I don't know if SummerSlam's too close. But to me, all this should be building to Dean Ambrose going heel. He's got perfect justification to go heel. This is the guy that slammed him in the back with a steel chair. So that makes perfect sense. And even though... On paper, that makes him the face because as fans, we should be like, yes, that makes sense. He screwed you over because you'd be desperate to see them get back together as the Shield. And because Seth Rollins has gone out of his way to apologize and say he's made a mistake, so he's tried to make amends, Ambrose can come across like the dick. Much like when uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, you know, we're going to get back to a DX and, and Triple H stopped him. Now, that was a bit different. But still, we hated Triple H because he stopped DX getting back together. And that's all it needs to be on a, almost a shallow level is that we'll hate Dean Ambrose. Because you stop the shield getting back together. I know it's fake shield, but still. So hopefully that's what um, that's what they'll do. I don't mind the Miztourage being a a mini distraction in the meantime. Uh, I think they're going at it next week on Raw, right? Uh, but hopefully, uh, I don't know what you do with the Miz at the moment. It's just a shame. The Miz feels lost, and the only problem I have with that is it means the Intercontinental Championship feels lost. So maybe we don't get anything like that, and we spin off into a Seth Rollins Miz feud. For the IC belt. Or maybe Ambrose costs him that. I don't know. It'd be I want the IC title to have a featured match at SummerSlam. 
Because the Miz does do a very good job of making it feel important, but if it's not given the, the potential or the booking to do that, eventually it loses its way. So, fingers crossed that's where we're going with that. But I thought Raw was decent. I think Raw's been decent for the last few weeks. I'm, very, I'm a big fan of the, of the teasing storylines. I'm a big fan of them actually saying, hey, next week on Raw we're going to do this. Because it gives people a reason to tune in. The ratings are better. Obviously, there's not that much competition. But no, I think both Raw and SmackDown have been solid shows. SmackDown's felt a bit lost the last couple of weeks. A bit like filler. But hopefully coming out of the back of Battleground, heading towards SummerSlam, that tightens up too. But I think WWE's alright at the moment. I think it's good TV. I don't really think there's much you can complain about. Of course, Raw's too long at three hours, but you can't moan about that. It's like moaning that, oh, the sun came up. You know what's going to happen. So either accept it or, or don't watch. But by and large, I think it's been a good, a good month or so for Raw and SmackDown. So good work, WWE. Other stuff I did want to chat on away from uh, Raw and SmackDown. I don't think we've missed anything else when it comes to WWE. Because uh, I've been all over the place this week. Maybe there are other things I should have talked about. But always let me know at SimonMiller316 on Twitter. It's always good to cover everything we're meant to cover. But the G1's going on at the moment. They're trying to keep up with the G1 tournament, uh, the New Japan stuff. It's the hardest thing in the world. Because you get so many matches almost every day. It's like, how the hell am I meant to, <laughs> how am I meant to keep up with this? But I've tried to retroactively watch it. And you know, matches that people say are amazing. I go and watch. The only thing I've managed to watch at the moment because I've been all over the place was Abushi versus Naito. I think that was from day one or day two or it was a long time ago now. Good, good few days. But that was really, really good. I mean, I don't know what people make of New Japan if you're new to it because the matches are completely different to WWE as they should be. That's what you want. You don't want carbon copies. But the presentation is just so different. I can imagine if you were a WWE fan since you were a kid, it would be quite jarring. Uh, but it is really, really good. So if, if I were you, if you can try and check out a few of them, I would. Uh, by and large, from what I've heard, it's, it, people, some people are saying it's the best G1 ever, saying all the matches are just top. But that's what New Japan does now. If, you, if you're into pro wrestling for, you know, the uh, just how hard-hitting, strong-style, realistic, you know, sporting-type matchups that feel like they're legit, New Japan is the place to go. I don't think anybody does it any better. They do know how to make stars. You know, Kenny Omega at the moment feels like the biggest thing in pro wrestling for, for fans like you and I. Yeah, Okada is just otherworldly. And then you do have, you know, the kind of the people that sit just below that, like Ibushi and Naito and um, Tanahashi, who continues to fight with a, a torn bicep, which is just just madness. Like I'd, I'd watch the Zack Zaber Jr. versus Tanahashi match as well, because I thought the finish of that was great, how they worked the bicep into it. So, yeah, it's just... And I have got into it a lot more this year just because of the hype and people talking about Omega versus Okada and just feeling like, feeling like I, I should get involved. But the G, trying, to, trying to keep up with the G1 is just not, it's impossible. I don't know how anybody does it, but you can watch all the New Japan World. And they do have English translations now as well. I don't know what the address is. Just type in New Japan World to Google if you, if you want to check it out. But that's going to go on for a while. We talked about the Long Beach shows, I think. Even if we didn't, they were pretty solid too. So I enjoyed them. I watched a bit of GFW slash Impact slash TNA slash whatever it's called. It's fine. I think you know, coming out the back of Slammiversary, they're doing quite well. Their ratings continue to increase, which is important. I think the last episode, or maybe the, the, the one before last, was the best they've done in a long time. I think it did around 375 viewers, which on Pop is a lot. I mean, the issue is they need to get off Pop. Pop TV in America is not a very accessible channel. And while it's awesome, they've got TV. And obviously their worldwide TVs are fantastic because you have worldwide TV. Who wouldn't want worldwide TV? You, you need to have better exposure. I'm not 100% sure 
where they're going to go. Like their big story at the moment is is Alberto Del Rio joining LAX or the Mexican Connection, whatever they're called now or not. Nah, that's okay. Obviously, we don't really know what's going on with Alberto Del Rio or El Patron, whatever you want to call him at the moment. The update with the Page stuff is that all the problems have been dropped against Del Rio, and Page is going to be charged. I just keep out of it. I don't know what the things are. I just know it's very sad all around where you, where you see this stuff happening. But yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's decent enough. They need something big. You know, they need some kind of big angle which, which taps into everybody's interest. And I don't know what that would be. And I don't know which wrestlers you use to, to, to make that happen. But, you know, we've got a definitive champion now, which is Alberto. You know, a bit worrying, budging your company around him. But we'll wait and see. Innocent until proven guilty, even if, you know, there's clearly issues there. But, yeah, I mean, it was okay. It, it, it was all right. There's certainly, uh, there's certainly things you can do. And they do have a very good roster. And they keep bringing in decent people. Who knows? Who knows what the ceiling is? I mean, there's no point counting them out at this stage. They are the masters of saying it. Like a moth. That's not really what moth dies after 24 hours. But <laughs> yeah, they're like a moth that you try and get, you try and shoo out your house and you just can't do it. Whether or not you want to get out of your way to watch it as opposed to just keep up reading reports, I don't know. Like I say, I still think they need one big explosion, no pun intended. Although they have just announced they're doing a post-impact show now in the vein of Talking Smack which everybody thinks is a rip-off of Talking Smack. I mean, they used to do one ages ago, and obviously uh, TV shows have been doing post-shows for ages. I'm sure, look, I'm sure they saw the news of Talking Smack, saw that people liked it, and saw that it got cancelled and, and took advantage of the opportunity. But that, to me, is really smart. If you see a bunch of wrestling fans that you're trying to get across to your product going, I can't believe they've cancelled this, and you think, well, we can do that. I think that's very smart. I don't, I don't, even if they are ripping them off, so... If you can create that kind of vibe, maybe that's the way you get people into watching Impact each and every week. You go the other way. Like they watch, I don't know if it's on YouTube or Impact.com, whatever their website is. But if you get people watching online, they go, oh, I enjoyed that or I liked, I don't know, Davey Richards. I now want to see what he does on their main show. And you tune in, boom, happy days, you've done it. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, it's fine. It seems stable at the moment, which I think is important. I did think it sucked they got rid of Al Snow and, um, and uh, uh, Shane Helms, which seems nuts to me. Because obviously Al Snow is, is just is a bucket of wisdom, as I can tell you firsthand. And from everything that was you know reported on, Shane Helms was like a really good agent and had a really good mind for the business. Now, I'm sure there's politics involved there. Whether or not that's to do with the Hardy Boy stuff, I don't know. But to get rid of those two people that have that much knowledge, kind of crazy. On the subject of Al Snow as well, he's just launched a merchandise range called uh, Collar and Elbow, I think. You should check that out. Really nice t-shirts. A wrestling merchandise apparel company. So you can wear cool wrestling shirts as opposed to ones that just have like a massive picture of Jinder Mahal's face on it. Never understood when WWE did face t-shirts. I never want to walk around with somebody else's face on a t-shirt. Not even my face. That'd be weird anyway, because if I'm wearing a t-shirt with my face on it, then it's my face twice. Nobody needs that. Uh, before we do wrap up, I know it's a, it's a bit of a shorter one this week, but I just wanted to smash one out, sounds weird, before the, the week was over. And then I've kind of made everything okay. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Ring of Honor is hosting iPay-Per-View on August 19th in association with Red Posey, MLL, and New Japan in Liverpool, I think it is. And that should be really cool. Cody Rhodes is headlining against someone I can't remember now, so we'll just move on really quickly. It's a New Japan guy. Terrible, terrible knowledge. But I thought that was awesome. It's nice that you know Ring of Honor continued to... Have a pretty decent 2017. And if you are headed to that show, make sure you get in touch so I know if it's any good or not. Still got a good few weeks until that happens. But no, it's been a good year for Ring of Honor and a good year for Cody Rhodes all around. He has done everything. 
So good for Cody Rhodes. I think that's everything that's happened in the world of wrestling. I don't think I've missed anything. I went to the WCBW show on, on, on Friday. And I, I, if you're going to do any, if you want to go research any wrestler this week, go and research Keith Lee. Keith Lee is this big fridge of a man who manages to move around the ring like a cruiserweight. He's very entertaining. He's my new, my new favorite wrestler to go and learn about and watch and realize that I should have been watching more. He used to be in Ring of Honor and he left. I think he went to Evolve. I'm not sure where he, uh, where he, he kind of makes his his home at the moment, or if he does just travel around. I'm still I'm still getting used to it. But uh, yeah, I absolutely love Keith Lee. He had a match against uh, against Ricochet, which was just oh, it, it was wonderful. Like they told a, told such a good story about you know the the flippy shit guy versus the big flippy shit guy, really. But it was really 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 fun, and I was able to chat to Keith Lee for a while as well. Really nice guy. Just gets it. Really entertaining. Uh, just yeah, just a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. It was a really good card as well. James Storm was there. Load of other dudes. It was uh, you know, Mike Skull. Uh, who else? I should have had a list in my head. Oh, Moose. Moose was there. So yeah, a load of cool. A load of cool names. I got to catch up with all of them for for what culture. So keep an eye out. Keep out for those videos. Always fun to to, to chat to those guys. Like James Storm especially. Just so many good stories about his time in the business and what the future holds for him. So that was really cool. It's always a bit surreal being in those locker rooms as well. So obviously I'm backstage, you know, trying not to be a massive tool and, and ask if I can have a chat with them. And uh, yeah, they're, they're always really super friendly. Like pro wrestlers by and large are just super nice people, I think. But it's always surreal to kind of take a step back and watch, you know, these, I don't want to say internet darlings, so that's, that, that's almost doing them a disservice. But you know what I'm saying? Kind of just hanging out, getting ready for their matches. Ah, it's, it's just, you know, it's a great experience. And Matt Seidel was there. It's just, yeah, you're like, man, this is, <laughs> this is really weird. So, yeah, it was cool. War Machine were there too. You would not, you would not screw with those guys. Let me, let me tell you then. So that is everything. As far as I'm aware, I don't think there's anything else we need to talk to about in wrestling. On Wednesday, we will run down Battleground. We'll see if it was good, bad, or whatever. Uh, we'll talk about Raw. We'll talk about SmackDown. Any news that breaks, we'll get into there. We'll see if Brock Lesnar has got any updates for us. And yeah, in the meantime, if you want more of me, you can go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash The Middle Report Rules or just search for The Middle Report on YouTube. And you can watch some videos up there. In fact, I will do a quick pimp. I would be grateful if everybody who listens to this goes and watches my first The Truth Behind, which I'm not going I'm I'm to kayfabe you. It is a joke documentary series that I'm starting once every two weeks on a Thursday where we take a game and just, you know, take the mick. So if you'd like to watch a 10-minute or so joke documentary where we pretend Nintendo just did copious amounts of drugs and, and got with copious amounts of women during the 80s, you can do that now. Just search for it on the YouTube channel. I think it is literally just called Breath of the Wild, The Truth Behind Zelda. So I, I really want to push that as my, as my big YouTube thing. So if you do want to go uh, check that out, please do. Uh, again, patreon.com forward slash Simon316 is where you can support everything I do. And if you can't even spare a dollar, like I always say, if everyone spared a dollar, I wouldn't apply like this. I wouldn't have to miss Wednesdays running around doing other stuff because <laughs> I could just, I could just, uh, I could just do this. Go to the Facebook group, search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, find Mitch's post, get involved. Uh, we'll come up with some cool prize, maybe some t-shirts or a CX voucher. I don't know. I'll come up with something. I've got loads of stuff laying around my house. Uh, give us a review, five stars. I'm on Twitter at Simon316. Check out the other podcast, The Week in Gaming, and ask us anything. Not up the latter yet, but will be soon. 
And yeah, just have a good day. Have a good day. Put a smile on your face. Remember, pro wrestling is there to be enjoyed. Uh, nothing wrong critiquing it. Nothing wrong with being sad about it. But, you know, let it come and then let it wash off you like a fine wine. Doesn't work. You shouldn't wash fine wine off yourself. Anyway, this was Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. I know it's a Sunday if you listen to this day one, but it's every Wednesday on the iTunes store and every app there is. Some people don't, can't find it. Just search, man. Just search for Simon, Miller, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast and I will appear. Hey.